This is why we have the best fans in the world. Welcome to Talk Direction, your weekly One Direction and Harry Styles podcast. I'm Lucia. And I'm Caitlin. And this is our 191st episode of Talk Direction. And it is currently uh, Sunday morning. Uh, we're doing another early morning recording. Well, early Sunday morning for me. Sunday morning, rain is falling. <laughs> um, how have you been, Caitlin? It's been like, it's been almost two weeks since we've recorded, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a while. Um, sometimes it's kind of nice to like take a break and be like, cause I know before we also recorded like three times in a row really yeah. quickly. My sister was like, you're recording every single day. I was like, well, <laughs> we're catching up on things. Um, and then like you have a period of not recording for two weeks and you're like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's good to be back. A lot of stuff has happened. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Good. Me too. Um, Before we get into the episode, make sure and check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash talkdirection. We do 30-minute extra bonus episodes over there um, after every main episode, and um, we call them Talk Direction Down Low. Um, Last week, we did um, the Rolling Stone podcast with Rob Sheffield and Brittany Spanos, Spanos. and they talked about Harry and the interview Rob did with him um, and said a lot of really interesting things. Um, and this week we're doing our fanfic book club, um, which are always really fun episodes to record. So if you're interested in that, you can find it at patreon.com slash talk direction. And we wanted to mention um, one other thing before we begin. One of our listeners, um, Bianca, tweeted about doing a um, film night at her like local cinema. Um, so she said, my cinema has a new club cinema hall that can be rented, and they show anything you want, even Netflix. The seats are sofas and beds. I'd love to. I'd love a stand meet up there watching the Wendy movies or even concert videos. I'm down to organize a Wendy movie night at my cinema. Are people genuinely interested to figure this out? We need at least nine people. It would take place in Castle, Germany. So um, if you live in Castle, Germany or anywhere near it, um, <laughs> you should definitely reach out to Bianca um, because this sounds so fun and I would go. I want to do this. I know, right? Um, such a cute idea. It's such a cute idea and the pictures of this little s- club cinema hall look like the little seats look really, really comfortable. Yeah, so fancy. Um, yeah, so I definitely wish that I lived closer to Germany I could come, um, but I thought I'd shout it out on the podcast because I'm like, maybe there's listeners who are over there um, and how cute would that be? Um, to go to a 1D movie night. Um, So Bianca's Twitter is at T-X-L-L-P-X-T-S-C-H. And we will um, like retweet that on our Twitter as well. So you can go there and like look for it. Um, But um, yeah, I just wanted to mention that. in case you have any Germany listeners out there, or Castle, 
Germany listeners. I don't know how big Germany is. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So for our main episode today, we have um, a bit of a mishmash of things. Um, Pretty much all of the boys have been active in the last two weeks, which is um, very different (laughs) from how Mm -hmm. it's been. Um, So we're kind of going to talk about all of them. We're not actually talking about Harry this week. He's been a little bit more quiet, um, but obviously he's... um, He's just a simmering pot ready to bubble, and we just don't know when it's happening. Yes, exactly. Um, (laughs) So first, um, Niall, um, his single, Nice to Meet Ya, is officially coming out October 4th, which is this Friday. Woo! (laughs) <laughs> I feel like we've been waiting for this for a while. We um, have been. Yeah, I'm super excited. So when you're hearing this episode, well, if you listen to them as they come out, um, we'll be getting this song in like just a few days. Um, mm-hmm. I can't wait to talk about it and hear it. Um, a couple days ago, Niall tweeted um, a link to his website and he said, what did he say he said like it's time or Mm -hmm. something like that um and his website totally crashed and no one oh yeah he did say it's time no one could go go there um it just like wouldn't load because too many people i guess tried to go to his website (laughs) um and it was a big hubbub but then it was just a link to sign up to his mailing list (laughs) (laughs) which i so funny um, because everyone was like, what is it? Like, what, what is he releasing? <laughs> and then it was just his mailing list, which I'm already I love up how for. Yeah. I feel like that's always the first step. Like Louis did that too. Like mm-hmm. Niall. It's like, let's start a new era. Sign up for my mailing list. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a good idea, but I, I've already, I've been signed up to his mailing list. So yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And he, um, he posted this photo of himself that is very pretty and autumnal he's like it looks like he's in a barn or something Mm -hmm. but he's playing guitar and he's wearing like this blue like navy blue shirt um and it's just very pretty um and he also posted a clip on instagram of nice to meet ya and it's a really short clip i think it was like five seconds or something it was really short Mm -hmm. um have you listened to it caitlin i like tried not to so like I think I heard a second or two and then tried to shut it off because Mm. I want to be surprised but from the second or two I heard I really liked it yeah um yeah it's got some some piano in it um which I kind of wasn't expecting I guess because I've been thinking of this song as like slow hands 2.0 yeah Um, it sounded more like acoustic-y to me than I expected or folky I don't know mm mm-hmm a little bit, yeah, there was, like, humming and this, like, rhythmic piano playing. Um, I actually thought of Bruno Mars when I heard it. Ooh. Um, and also this photo that he posted along with it is very Bruno Mars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's got these, like, dark sunglasses on, and he's, like, pointing at the camera. Um, with a sparkly shirt on. Yes, I love it. I'm very excited for this new era. And he has a new logo, the Niall Horan, the old yes. NH with the music notes is no longer. That's true. That's I sad. I wonder why. Because I like that logo, but I think it's good to change things up. Mm-hmm. 
Do you think he was he's changing it up like just because it's a new album era or did he like want a new logo permanently? I don't know. I guess he probably thought he outgrew the last one. Who knows like also what resources he had when he was coming up with that first one versus what he has now because he was mm. so successful. Um, yeah. Maybe just like a different vibe. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But who's to say it's going to stay for multiple eras after this, you know, maybe right. he's just going to keep changing it. Yeah. Um, and then he posted um, a second clip and it's like the same photo shoot um, from the first one. He's got like the same outfit on and glasses, but he's just like doing this giant smile. <laughs> it's really cute. He's got a very hairy chest. He, do, he really does. Um, and it has lyrics um, on the side. Um, and the lyrics are, I want your number tattooed on my arm in ink, I swear. Um, I thought it was name. No, it's number. Oh. Yeah. I yeah. really was trying not hard to look at these things. Oh, well, <laughs> I just told you about that. Ruined. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. Um, yeah, I wonder if we're going to get more teasers before Friday. Yeah, I don't know. Will you keep listening to them or not? I mean, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> probably. Yeah, I probably will. Yeah. Um, because I know they're not going to be like, huge it's if if there was like a a leak or something i wouldn't listen to it but Mm -hmm. i think these like really short clips i probably will continue to listen if he posts Mm -hmm. more yeah um yeah so it's very exciting um he's also going to be performing at um jingle ball this year um Mm -hmm. a lot of people are really excited about that i don't go to stuff like that so doesn't really mean anything for me but (laughs) neither do I but I was looking at the New York City list of performers and it was like Niall Taylor Swift Lizzo like other people that I really like and I'm like I might like try to get a ticket to this I don't know I like never go to these things but that sounds like a really cool group plus like I don't know when Taylor's coming she's like doing weird touring this year she's not like touring everywhere she's doing two or like four performances in the u.s so i'm like i want to make sure i'm able to see her because tickets are gonna sell really fast so i don't know i feel like that might be something kind of cool to go to i'll have to think about it though um yeah it does look like a really really cool lineup um that would be awesome if you were able to go um all right moving on um Zayn made an appearance this week um, uh, as a feature on another artist's song. Um, he tweeted a couple of days before this came out, or maybe one day, just the word trampoline. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then this song came out. Um, so this is a song um, called Trampoline, and it's by a group called Shade. I'm assuming that's how you say it. It's S-H-A-E-D. Yeah, no idea. <laughs> um, so the singer of the band is Chelsea Lee, and then the other members are twin brothers Max and Spencer Ernst. And the song was originally released in May of 2018, um, and then they re-released a version with Zayn um, last week. And it's not actually like a remix; it's just the same song but with Zayn um, added, like his vocals added 
Um, but what did you think of this song, Caitlin? So when I first heard it, I didn't realize it was a song that was already out, like mm. before I hit play. And I was like, this kind of sounds familiar. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, wait, this is a song that I've heard before on the radio. Um, but it took me like a little bit to realize that. But oh, my gosh, I think Zane sounds so, so good on this song. I feel like this is the type of music I also want to hear him making. Um, it's just so catchy and like haunting and cool. And I, I think his voice sounds amazing. Um, and it goes really well with the other performers. Yeah. Um, and it also just like having this random song come out really made me miss when Zayn would release random songs throughout the year, even when he wasn't releasing an album. I know. Like he released his album like coming up to a year ago and we haven't heard anything since we haven't really gotten anything besides that. Um, I mean, mind you, it was a huge album, but it's like he kind of has disappeared. So it was kind of cool to get, um, this extra song from him and I really, really like it. Yeah. Um, me too. We got, um, we got part of your world from him, that, that collab. Wait, not part of your world. I'm mixing up Disney movies. Um, (laughs) That's Little Mermaid. <laughs> um, the song he did with that girl for that Disney movie that I oh, cannot think of the name of. A Whole right New now. World. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I wouldn't exactly consider that like a Zane song, but. No. Um, I don't even know if I ever listened to that. I should that. When? <laughs> Maybe I did. I forget. I love that song. It's just the classic Disney song, right? Yeah, but he does a really good okay. job on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It suits his voice really well. And I really like that song, to begin mm-hmm. with. Um, but yeah, I agree with you about Trampoline and Zane on it. I think he sounds absolutely incredible. Um, I've definitely like been listening to this song over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sounds so good with this singer, Chelsea Lee. Their voices mm-hmm. together are like amazing yeah um uh mtv wrote an article about this song and the headline was um zane and shade turn trampoline into a spooky sensual duet which i thought was just a perfect description of it Mm -hmm. (laughs) um it does as caitlin said have that kind of like haunting quality about it um and it's really interesting how zane got involved um so um this is from mtv um In a statement, Lee calls Zane's Pillow Talk one of her favorite songs and noted how the group recruited him to hop on their track. We reached out to Zane's team, and a week later, we woke up to a recording of Zane singing trampoline a cappella in our Airbnb in L.A. Goosebumps. (laughs) Wow, that's so cool. I know. Isn't that crazy? Like, imagine just, like, reaching out to him and being like, hey, (laughs) you want to be on our song? (laughs) Can we try this? That's such a Zane thing. He just, like, he doesn't respond or say anything. He just sends them an acapella track of him singing the song. I love yeah, that. Oh, my God. <laughs> also, so I want to cool. hear that acapella track, please. Yeah. Um, and then I had a couple notes about the song just because I found it really interesting. Like, I hadn't actually heard the song before. Um, it was It was, I think, played in a commercial, so... Maybe that's where I've heard it, Um, Mm -hmm. but I just was really intrigued by it, so I looked up um, some stuff about it, and um, 
on Genius, uh, sometimes they'll have artists co-sign, like, the little notes that people add. Um, and um, the band Shade did that. So these are, like, little notes that they co-signed. Um, and then some of these are direct quotes from Chelsea Lee. Uh, the idea behind the song was inspired by watching a home video of Max and Spencer Ernst, um, who are the twin brothers of the band, jumping on a trampoline. They wanted to tell a story that played along with their surrounding environment outside of their home. The story was focused around the idea of the Upside Down, a Stranger Things reference, and they wanted the plot to be similar to Alice in Wonderland. The first line of the song is a direct reference to, the, to that, um, the jumping on the trampoline, but the rest of the lyrics evolved into a story about embracing and falling in love with our biggest fears. Um, that sounds really cool. I know, right? Um, she said, we had just moved into a house together for the first time. We were messing around with an old synthesizer, which resulted in the syncopated bass line that starts the song. We started passing around the mic until one of us came up with the verse. The melody got stuck in our heads, and we found ourselves whistling it throughout the day. Spencer and Max eventually recorded themselves whistling because we felt like the whistle had to be in the track. Um, so I just love this background info. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, I feel like they did a perfect job, like, capturing what they wanted to. Um, yeah, the music fits that theme so well. Yeah, it really does. Um, I'm, like, a huge Stranger Things fan, um, so reading about the Upside Down, like, brought like a whole new level to the song for me i know nothing about stranger things yeah so i was not on that level <laughs> um and about some of the lyrics she said um in a nightmare there's that pinnacle moment when you feel completely enveloped by this sense of loss and dread what if you could embrace that feeling um in this nightmare the person is free and enjoying the things that terrify us in reality um so it's a really trippy spooky song Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lyric video with Zane, although it's not actually Zane. It's like um, cartoon or drawings, like sketches. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, in the song, they kind of go back and forth singing. So they go um, back and forth with the verses in the beginning and then they sing together and there's like a lot of harmonizing on it. Um, but yeah, this is just a really really exciting song to get and I'm really glad we have it um the beginning of the song the lyrics are um I've been having dreams jumping on a trampoline flipping in the air I never land just float there um as I'm looking up suddenly the sky erupts flames light the trees spread to fallen leaves now they're right upon me um and then the chorus is Wait, if I'm on fire, how am I so deep in love? When I dream of dying, I never feel so loved. Um, so it's a really weird, spooky song, but I mm-hmm. love it. <laughs> These lyrics are so good. Flipping in the air, I never land, just float there. Right? I really like it. Yeah. Um, and Zane sings that um, line, actually, and he just, the way he sings it is so good. Flipping in the air. It's like, eh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Also, these lyrics sound like lyrics Zane could have written. Like, they sound... Yeah, I agree. They very much match his, like, lyrical style, which is probably one of the reasons why he wanted to, like, come yeah. on the track with them. Maybe they'll write together. Yeah, I would love that. That'd be so cool. Yeah. I wonder what Zane is up to these days. 
I know. Because we're like, he like said, he mentioned touring like back in January. He's like, oh yeah, I'm going to tour or something. Yeah, he and did. it never <laughs> came to fruition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really a mystery. Because um, yeah. yeah, he released Icarus Falls and then kind of just disappeared. Mm-hmm. And he's done, he did that, um, the Aladdin song and this song, but that's kind of all he's done this year. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Um, I just, I just want to like. I'm happy with him just doing whatever he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, like if he if like releasing random songs or doing features and stuff, um, I'd be happy with that. I just get sad when he like disappears for yeah months at a time. Yeah, especially because like when Harry disappears, you still end up seeing what he's doing. Like Harry's been gone too all year, right? But like until very recently obviously um but you still sometimes see what he's up to like they'll mm-hmm. s- like be random paparazzi photos here and there like yeah. a fan sighting but zane like somehow just disappears completely yeah he really does <laughs> <laughs> um okay so moving on we have um liam's new song which is called stack it up um he released this song september 18th um, and he also did a huge um, string of um, video interviews uh, to go along with it that are incredible. Have you watched any of the interviews? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I linked them all, but I'll like highlight the ones that you need to watch because they're honestly so enjoyable. Okay. And really funny. Whoa, there are so many. Yeah. Oh my goodness. There's so many. Um, but there's just some some real gems in a lot of these interviews. Um, he talks, he, like, shares a lot. He actually, mm-hmm. like, says a lot of stuff that we haven't really heard him talk about before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's, it's also just, like, so many of them are just so funny. Um, so this song um, is has a feature with um, an artist called A Boogie with the Hoodie. And it was written by liam fred gibson steve mack and ed sheeran and i didn't realize ed sheeran wrote on it oh yes interesting (laughs) i feel like when i listened to this song i was like oh yeah this is is definitely ed sheeran's song (laughs) um it was produced by fred gibson and steve mack as well um he did an acoustic version at sirius xm um which is cute um, and there's a music video and a lyric video for the song. Um, but what were your first impressions upon listening to this song, Caitlin? Um, when I first like hit play the first time I listened, I just was obsessed with the music, mm. like right off the bat. Like I thought the music was so good. Like I was going, okay, this is like my favorite music that Liam's done mm-hmm. so far. Like I just loved the beat. I thought it was so good. It reminded me of something. I don't remember what it reminded me of, or if I ever figured it out. Mm. Um, but now I'm oh. thinking maybe something Ed Sheeran. You know what it reminded you of? What? Um, Selena Gomez. Um, I'm so sick of that. What is? Oh, same old love. Oh, let me listen. Hold on. Oh yes, uh-huh. yes, that's it. Okay, it's got the exact oh, for same. Sure. I think they sampled that because it's okay. That makes sense. It's like the exact same. Um, I can't think of words right now. It's the exact same 
beat. like instrumentals <laughs> beat in the beginning yeah. of the song <laughs> yeah okay maybe that's why I, like immediately loved it because i i really like selena gomez and mm. i like that song a lot um but like i just thought the beat was so cool and then also hearing liam sing his voice was so good on this song like yes. i just really loved like how he sung it and the music that went along with it i thought it was so cool loved the combination um in terms of the lyrics i really liked like the style of writing some mm-hmm. of it was a little cheesy with like all the spelling things out but mm-hmm. i like kind of enjoys the cheese enjoyed the cheese mm-hmm. um the only thing i didn't like was like the lyrics felt out of touch to me a bit yeah um coming from liam if right. it was coming from someone who's like an up-and-coming artist who like had been you know like struggling and was like singing about needing to make money like mm-hmm. it's very different than coming from someone who's like <laughs> a 30 millionaire or something yeah. I think that was the thing that I was just disappointed by which is so frustrating because I like loved the music I loved his voice I loved right. like everything about it but yeah. it just seemed out of touch a little bit yeah I agree um uh, the phone cut out for a second. You're not talking right now, are you? No. Okay, no. good. <laughs> <laughs> what was your impression? Um, yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, when I first heard it, I really liked it, but I was definitely put off by the very capitalist message of the song. Um, yeah. But I feel kind of mixed because it's it's actually funny. I've been on a whole kind of money journey the last couple of weeks. Um mm-hmm. <clears throat> So, um, I, as most, most listeners probably know, but in case you're new, um, I moved from California to Portland a couple months ago and I'm basically starting up my business from scratch here. I'm like a dog trainer and I have my own business and it's been really, really, really hard, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, to start up from scratch in like a new place. Um, I had an established business where I used to live for like 10 years and I just wasn't prepared for how hard it was going to be. Um, so it's definitely been a struggle and I'm at a place where I'm like, okay, I finally have to learn about how money works. Um, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, I have to get serious about it. Um, so I've been listening to this incredible podcast called Bad With Money with Gabby Dunn, which I'll talk about when we do our recommendations. Um, but it was just funny to listen to this song because I've very much been in a headspace the last few weeks of like thinking about money and learning about money and like how to make it and um that's kind of what the song is about so (laughs) it's like Mm, interesting it was a really weird combination of like okay part of me I'm like yes I can get behind this song because like I want to be making money right now but also Mm -hmm. I have no money and Liam has millions of dollars so like I think our we're coming from different places like I don't want to like have money to to drive a fancy car and like um you know feel rich um I just want to like be able to pay my bills (laughs) right um so on the one hand I really like the message of like you got to work for it um like that feels motivating like Mm -hmm. you're not going to get stuff for free like you've got to put in the work like I definitely need that message right now that motivation of like you've got to like get to work if you want to like achieve your your business dreams (laughs) um Mm -hmm. But then on the other hand, it's like I have a really hard time, you know, living in, in our capitalist society. Um, right. And so it's also kind of like hearing someone who's like a millionaire being like, I've got money on my mind. It's like 
I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. It's a co- combination. Yeah. Of and it's like, it's like as if it's written by someone who has no money, like where right. he's like, I can't even give the valet no TIP or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, well, also, you can. Also, and it's not like a new thing. You've been successful for the past 10 years. Like, Yeah. Also, side note, if you can't afford to give your valet a tip, then don't use valet. Right. Like, that's what I was thinking, too. Sorry. Like, you're supposed to pay. <laughs> like, that's what a valet service is. Yeah. If you can't afford to tip, then you don't. Then you shouldn't use services that rely on tips <laughs> because that's rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, But I also agree about his voice sounded so good on this song. It sounded a little yeah. different than normal. He had kind of like this, it had a bit of an edge to it. Yes. Yeah, it definitely had an edge to it, a grit to it. Um, and yeah, I really, really enjoyed his voice on this song. Um, so let's go through the lyrics and we'll talk about it more as we go. Um, okay. Do you want to read the first line or the first um, little chunk? Sure. I don't want to be broke when I D.I.E. Want to be living it up in V.I.P. Trying to get in the club. They want to see I.D. Want me to wear nice shoes and a T.I.E. <laughs> um, I'll read the second one too, and we can talk about them together. Um, okay. Oh wait, never mind. That's the pre-chorus. Let's just talk about this verse first. Mm. Okay. So um, the structure here is very interesting. It's um, these little two or three were three-letter words that are spelled out. Um, you said you like this kind of style. I, I, it's kind of cheesy, but I kind of like it. Yeah. Like, I feel like it fits with Liam's style of songs that yeah. he's done. Like, everyone loves a good spell out in a song. Mm-hmm. Like, it's fun to jam to. One Direction did it a number of times. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it kind of sounds catchy and fun. I wouldn't say I'm like, whoa, the artistry on this one. <laughs> but, like, like, that's not what this song is trying to be anyway. So, right. um, yeah. What did you think of it? Um, yeah, I actually like it. Um, I like this one more. The second one I have some questions about, which maybe you'll be able to help me answer. Um, nope, I will not. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> this one I like. I like the idea of it. I think it's cute. Um, and I also just find Liam singing this song is cute. The vi- the music video is cute. Like, I just think it's, it's kind of like, yeah, it's just fun and cute song. Um, and it is funny because, um, so Strip That Down was Liam's first single that was also written by Ed Sheeran. Um, and these songs I find have a lot of similarity in just kind of the structure and the way they sound. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like this one a lot more than Strip That Down. I don't actually really like Strip That Down, like, musically. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas this one I think is kind of fun. <clears throat> but um, Strip That Down was Liam's, like, most popular song. And it seems like this one is getting a lot of, like, play and attention as well. So then the pre-chorus is, I've been working and getting by, but that ain't enough to satisfy. Because I got dreams for you and I, so I got money on my mind. Um, I love this part um, musically, like um, yes. the way he sings, um, but that ain't enough to satisfy is so good. Yeah, there's so many cool, like, note changes or, like vocal riffs Mm -hmm. in the first two lines of this pre-chorus yeah i really like it 
And then the So I Got Money on My Mind reminded me of the Sam Smith song, Money on My Mind. Yes, I love that song. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like this. Um, I like this pre-chorus a lot. Um, I like Because I Got Dreams for You and I. Um, but again, it's confusing because, as Caitlin said, it sounds like a song that was written by someone who doesn't have a lot of money or is at the beginning of their career. Because mm-hmm. it says, I've been working and getting by, but that ain't enough to satisfy. Um, and obviously, Liam didn't write this song. Ed Sheeran wrote it. But uh, I don't think... I thought Liam what credit was credited, though. Oh, yeah. I guess he was. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how much he wrote, because when he talks about this song in interviews, he says, like, Ed Sheeran wrote a song for me. Right. So okay. I have a feeling that Ed Sheeran maybe not wrote much. most of this, but maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, maybe he did write these lines too. But either way, Ed Sheeran and Liam Payne, I feel like probably do have enough money to satisfy themselves. Right. <laughs> like, that's why it's confusing. Like, do they need more money, or is this just like a song written for other people who maybe are not in their space, their place? You know. Right. And, like, it's not to say you can't remember the feeling of being, right. like, broke. Yeah. But it's, like, pick and choose which songs you're putting out. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, well, also, I think I'm actually not entirely sure about Ed Sheeran, but Liam started making his money at a very young age. So yeah. he wouldn't be, as a 15-year-old, being, right. like, I've been working and getting by, but that ain't enough to satisfy. Right. And I think Ed Sheeran was making money at quite a young age as well. Yeah, early 20s at least. Yeah. I think he, well, he left school at 16 and, like, lived on people's couches for a lot of years. So, like, I think that, and, like, played, Mm. like, pubs and stuff. Okay. So, I think he probably has experienced it. Yeah. Um, Liam, maybe not as much. Although, like, we don't know what Liam was, like, growing up. Like, obviously, he was living with his parents, but. That's true. And actually, that makes a lot of sense about Ed Sheeran having, like, a period of of struggle because that might be where these lyrics come from and then Mm -hmm. maybe if Liam's experienced that with his family or like his parents had Mm -hmm. that experience like that could be where that's coming from yeah um it's so funny like (laughs) this song is like not um super serious or like some like super you know artistic um song Mm -hmm. but it's actually like made me so philosophical and like (laughs) (laughs) making me think about all these like really complex like concepts like capitalism and stuff so um that's just oh yeah yeah um yeah this is where when we say we're a feminist podcast this is where it comes out yeah sorry (laughs) um interestingly the sam smith song money on my mind Uh talks about like not doing it for money and doing it for love right so it's yeah. kind of the opposite of what this is saying. Yeah. No, I mean, they're kind of doing it for love, but also the money in this song. He's like, right. I want a better life, but so now I've got money and I'm yeah. just thinking about that. Yeah. Know. Yeah. It's so complicated, like, trying to navigate. So, like, I'm someone who, like, my, um, like, kind of the core of who I am, I'm very much, like, I want to live in a commune. I'm, like, <laughs> kind of a socialist, like... I think everyone should just be able to, like, share the wealth, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I have my own business, and it's, like, trying to navigate that 
is really hard. And mm-hmm. I have all of this baggage about money, the way I think about money, um, and just like all of my political views. It's like really hard to kind of have a business and think in that kind of capitalist mindset. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, if I want to succeed what I'm doing, I have to like really participate in capitalism and like learn how to do right. that well. Um, or I need to not have my own business. Right. Um, like, I think there's some people who can, who can like have a business and do it differently, but, but the way that what my business is, I can't do that because I am like, yeah. my business is like a service based business. Um, yeah. It's also just like pretty hard in general to live in the U.S. and not participate in capitalism totally. in any way, unless you're like so well off. Right. But in that way, you're already like you're you've got the riches from capitalism and now you have the opportunity to like live in a commune, but most people can't like afford that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, But it's hard because um, I like have all of these kind of um, ideas that I kind of tell myself about money that like money is bad and like rich people are evil and like I shouldn't, desire money because that makes me like bad and like all of these Mm -hmm. really negative perceptions about it but if I want to succeed I have to like have more of a mindset of like this song (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and it's like yeah it's just very complicated um Mm -hmm. but um one of the things that has helped me I was read I was reading um I forget which book it was, but the person said, if you really think that, um, like, the people who are in control of money in our country are, like, you know, evil, or or not evil, but, like, doing bad things or using it badly, um, then you actually have, like, a moral obligation to make money so that you can do Mm. better things with it. Interesting. Um, I was like, that's a really interesting concept. Um, Yeah. So, anyways. Um, Deep thoughts. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Let's carry on with the song. Do you want to read the chorus? Sure. So, if you want to stack it up, man, you got to work for it. Are these eyes part of the song? Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I got dreams and I got time, but that ain't enough to get me by. So I stack it up, man. I got to work for it. Yeah, I got money on my mind. I, 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 I got money on my mind. I, 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 I. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What are your thoughts on this chorus? Um, I think it's catchy and fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, like really cool vocal usage here. Um yeah yeah i think it's it's catchy yeah but um besides that i'm i don't know if there's so much like lyrical interpretation to go into yeah yeah um it definitely reminds me of um britney spears you better work bitch um not musically i don't know that song really (laughs) um it's an incredible song but it's i don't really know any britney songs because like when i was younger my mom wouldn't let me listen to it so (laughs) really I grew up with Britney and by the time I was old enough like she was kind of out oh out of god. the scene that's so funny oh my gosh okay I promise I'm not going to go on a Britney sidetrack right now but <laughs> there's like um all this stuff going on right now with her conservatorship and it's so 
interesting. With her what? Conservative ship? Con- conservatorship. Do you know about this? No. Okay, you guys, this episode is like extremely all over the place. I hope you don't <laughs> mind. So Britney Spears is um, mm-hmm. in a conservatorship with her father, meaning that he controls everything about her life legally, including her money. Huh. It's something that only happens um, for extremely elderly people or extremely sick people, people who are like incapable of making decisions about their life, uh-huh. legal, financial, otherwise. Um, and the fact that Brittany's dad has that over her is just like deeply disturbing um, because she's not someone who's like needs that level of. Wait, how did that happen? Um, it's like a crazy story. Um I like just can't get into it right now because it's like okay, extremely long and complicated, but mm-hmm. it's very disturbing. Um, he basically is like using her as like a cash cow. Um, like if she isn't capable of making decisions for herself, why is she like performing in Vegas every night? Right. Making millions of dollars that she's not in control of. Huh. It's very disturbing and she needs to be saved from him. <laughs> oh, I've heard all those safe Britney. Yeah, that's what it's about. Things. It's not a conspiracy. It's like straight so up. It's like real life. Real, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's really crazy. That's scary. It's really scary. Um, yeah. But anyways, um, her song, You Better Work, Bitch, is very similar <laughs> to this song. <laughs> she says, okay. you want a Bugatti? You want a hot body? You better work, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Which is similar. It's also similar to this song because when I hear that, I'm like, okay, like, I don't like the idea of, like, making, um, you know, having a quote-unquote hot body and, mm-hmm. like, a really expensive car be, like, the things that should be motivating you. However, mm-hmm. I will absolutely play that song when I'm at the gym and it will absolutely <laughs> motivate me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, the best gym song. Um but it's very similar to this song and also similar in that like this chorus like the the all the beginning of it is feels very like motivating and like mm-hmm. empowering like if you want to stack it up you got to work for it ain't nobody going to be doing it for you um but then like i got money on my mind kind of like i don't know like triggers me mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah and um, the IIIs are interesting. I don't even remember how that sounds, really. It's like, ay, 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 Okay, that, okay, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why the lyrics have it written as just a bunch of eyes, because it, I feel like it would make more sense if it was A-Y, A-Y, A-Y. Yeah, usually, that's why I was confused. I was like, is this like when you know when people do those like straight lines to like signify some sort of break or something? Right. I didn't get it, but um, maybe it's just the random. Was this from Genius or something? You know, I'm now actually debating whether or not where I got these lyrics from because I'm I just read the bridge and I'm like that can't be right. <laughs> but I think I got them from Genius. Maybe not. Well, who knows what if Genius is ever right yeah that's true i know we always treat it as like the the correct source but it's not actually always okay. um it's still like a, f- a fan um generated mm-hmm. thing um 
Mm-hmm. So then we get to the second verse, which is the one that I don't understand. So it says, I want to flex hard like DOE, but right now my car need an MOT, and I can't give the valet no TIP. Like him, I got dreams, and they B-I-G. Um, do you know what DOE or MOT is supposed to mean? Um, well, I want to say DOE is just like dough, like money. Like I want to flex hard, oh. like having money or like. But that's dough, dough. like D-O-U-G-H. I don't know. But I think they're trying to be like a play on whatever the spelling situation they were doing before. And then I want to say my, my car need an MOT is short for motor. Okay. That's what I <laughs> That's thought. what I'm thinking. But I just looked it up and it's not that. Oh. <laughs> but that's what I thought. I was really confused. I was All like, right. Tell me what MOT? it means. Like your car needs a motor. <laughs> um, an MOT, Ministry of Transport test, is an annual required assessment in the United Kingdom for vehicular safety emissions, tires, lights, and general roadworthiness for cars over three years old. Okay, well, we are not British, so we could not have known that. Okay, <laughs> DOE, still unclear to me. I feel like this has to be Ed Sheeran penned because Liam Payne <laughs> has never had to, I guarantee you Liam Payne has never had to worry about his car needing an MOT. Um, like, has oh. he ever had a car, a three-year-old car, first of all? Like, probably not. <laughs> I don't know. But, like, know. maybe Ed Sheeran has. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, like, the B-I-G is just big. So it doesn't always necessarily stand for something, at least for dough. Yeah. And tip is just tip. Right. Who knew about this MOT? That's interesting. I know. It is interesting. Um, Unless DOE, like, I don't, what else could that be? Does it say on Genius? I'm on Genius right now and it doesn't. It doesn't say. Um, Maybe DOE is, like, a person. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Um, or, like, the initials of someone that maybe is, like, British, so we just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it is D, on, on Genius, it, it is D-O-E. Um, hmm. So, it will remain a mystery. If any listeners yeah. know what that is, um, let us know. I'm very curious. Um, well... Google says Department of Energy, so maybe that's what it is. I want to flex hard, like Department of Energy. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, we already talked about this line a little bit with the, like, I can't give the ballet no TIP. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, again, it's kind of, I think it's a song that's, like, not... It's not, you know, an autobiographical song because it kind of sounds like no. this person's, like, driving an old car that, like, can't pass admission uh, emissions tests um, and they, like, go to the valet and and both of the – him and the valet are, like, on the same level. They have dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, which, like, why are you using valet then with your old car? <laughs> yeah. And you're, like, it's very confusing. <laughs> Um, but yeah. Do you have any more thoughts on this line? I mean this. No. Um, okay. So then we have, um, the same pre-chorus and and chorus again, except 
There's one difference in the pre-chorus. Um, it is, tried to be a better guy, but that, is this supposed to be weren't enough? Where? The um, pre-chorus here. Oh. But that weren't enough to satisfy. Maybe. Okay. Tried to be a better guy, but that weren't enough to satisfy. I got dreams and I got time. I got money on my mind. Um, so this brings kind of a weird element to the song is he Mm -hmm. saying like i tried to be a better person um but that wasn't enough to satisfy that's what it seems like think about money and not worry about being a better person (laughs) that's what it seems like (laughs) okay (laughs) because it also sounds like he's trying to do it for a girl at some point where does it say something like that like well he says you and i like i got dreams for you and i yeah I've been working hard and getting by, but that ain't enough to satisfy because I got dreams for you and I. So, like, is she not able to be satisfied or is it just him? I don't know. Um, And then we have um, a boogie with the hoodie verse. Do you want to read this? Yeah, this is where it brings in that whole (laughs) new layer of the girl even more. Um, Okay, I'll read it. Yeah, I know. Don't come free. You got to work for it. Lamborghini. Urus brought it when I first saw it. She caught me creeping. I had to buy her a purse for it. I think if I ain't had money, I'd be the worse for her. And if I ain't had money, I would have been lost or the loudest one was the brokest. I was a sh talker. The loudest one was the brokest. And now we struggling. Girls call me friend. Now they owe me that money coming in St. Laurent. Fend. Fiend fiend i put in louis luggages took her to celine bought her a couple luggages wasn't that wasn't always sweet capri suns for 50 cents now i just hate to reminisce Mm. (laughs) (laughs) this is an interesting verse i think a lot of it uh doesn't make sense to me um but it definitely sounds like it's kind of about like needing enough money to date this girl. Yeah. Um, I had it's very to buy concerning. her purse. Like, cause she caught me creeping. Like, in what way? Yeah, and then also, um, girls call me friend. Now they owe me that money coming in. Is that like it's about very prostitution? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then he took her to Celine, a Celine Dion concert, I'm assuming, and bought her some <laughs> luggage. <laughs> I don't know. Is it? Uh, is Celine a designer? <laughs> I think it's Celine Dion. <laughs> so interesting. Because it says took her to Celine. Yeah. And it's capitalized. Yeah. Huh. Um. Yeah, a little bit to be concerned about here. Um. But, again, it's one of those songs where it's, like, um, usually when they do this kind of um, feature, like, the person will come on and they'll just, like, add their own verse. Um, Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't think the other writers of the song actually wrote this verse. Although, actually, um, A Boogie with the Hoodie is not credited as a writer. Hmm. But I think that's a mistake because I'm certain he wrote this verse. Because it's very, it's very different from how Ed Sheeran writes. Yeah. Um, 
It doesn't sound Celine like... Celine is a designer, by the way. It's definitely not talking about Celine Dion. Oh. <laughs> I looked it up. It's like a luxury designer brand. But it's nice to think that he took her to Celine Dion. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> well, I'm not rich, so I don't know. I don't know anything about design. Yeah, like the first things that pop up are like thousands of dollar bags or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not two thousand nine hundred fifty dollar mm-hmm. uh, jacket. Wow. No, no. I mean, Not going funny. to Celine Dion concert, I'm sure, is very expensive. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, and then the song ends with variations of the chorus, kind of repeated. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess. Overall, my wrap-up feelings are, I like this song. I think I will listen to it. Um, I have some concerns about some aspects of it. But I think overall, it is um, a pretty benign song. Mm-hmm. What about you? What are your wrap-up feelings? Um, I just, I like the music and the, the vocal mm-hmm. and I hope that we continue to see this kind of style on his upcoming songs. Mm-hmm. I think he said recently, didn't he say his album's finished now yeah. or something? Yeah. So I'm hoping we get some of this on future songs. I just hope the lyrics are a little bit, um, more feminist, Yeah, <laughs> I guess, or like, I don't know, less problematic yeah same yeah so then I like can feel fully good like you know when there's always that sort of niggling in the back of your head when you're listening to a song that you don't agree with like mm-hmm. lyrically you're like I like it but I can't fully like it no. yeah definitely so um yeah so he as we said earlier he did a ton of interviews um also if you're on our patreon um patreon.com slash talk direction you um can get access to our google docs which is what we use to plan the episodes and i've linked all the interviews in there um you can also just like go to youtube and search liam paint interviews um, and they'll all come up um but so many of these interviews were so cute and funny i loved watching them um and um i think my favorite one was um Liam Payne answers the internet um which is where like um well that one was where he read um like fan tweets about him Mm -hmm. (laughs) a lot of them were really funny always Um, a great idea yeah um yeah my favorite one was um he read one that said am I the only one who misses Liam Payne being an exhibitionist slut on Instagram (laughs) (laughs) the way he said slut was so funny (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> good stuff um and then he also did the um uh like google um what is it called autocomplete interview from wired mm. um that was actually my favorite one um and there was the question that said is liam Payne daddy <laughs> <laughs> and he said i've been called daddy since i was 19 <laughs> oh my god that's so awkward it was but it was really funny he was like he was like laughing the whole interview and like you could tell there was like a bunch of people in the room like laughing mm-hmm. with him it was just like a really mm-hmm. seemed like a really good time that's good 
um, he talked about One Direction a little bit, and he said, um, he had this quote that kind of upset some people. Um, he said, you know, we worked together for five years, but some of us, we really didn't have that much in common, except for that we had a job together. Now we don't have that job together any longer. There is not really any real reason for us to talk that often, which is fine. You are not going to be best friends with everyone. So <laughs> this like <laughs> he's upset. talking about Harry. I can tell he's for sure talking about Harry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which like yes, it's sad, but it's also just the truth. Like yeah. they're just living such different lives right now. They're they're you know aesthetics are just like so different um mm-hmm. and it makes sense um and I also think that like there's an element of I think Liam particularly being frustrated because um he gets asked questions about One Direction like more than like perhaps the other boys do like especially more than like mm-hmm. Harry you know talks about it um because he's definitely had kind of sassy answers in the past about stuff like mm-hmm. he'll say stuff like there was an interview a couple maybe it was a few months ago where he said like there's four other members of this band if you want to know when we're getting back together ask them or something like yeah that. i remember that <laughs> God. um so yeah it's got to be oh, an interesting place to be like harry's obviously like incredibly successful and just like really knows what he wants and like knows mm-hmm. his place and and is, is, like, you know, having a great time and really securing what he's doing. And I think, you know, Liam's still figuring it out. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's, yeah. like... Also, like, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I'm just sure... I'm sure there's, like, a lot of intricacies um, about their relationships and stuff that, you know, we'll never know because we don't... We're not them. We're not friends with them. Yeah. Yeah. I just am so over, like all of these questions about 1D getting back together. Like, clearly no one knows. There's Mm -hmm. no plan in place. Stop asking them. Right. Like, I don't think fans actually care either. I think it's just, like, media thinking, oh, well, we have to ask this so we can get a headline or something like that. It's like, no one actually cares. Like, I'm just bored of it. Don't waste a freaking question on that stupid question. Yeah, I agree. And I think also, like, a lot of interviewers – you know, will ask questions about One Direction or the other boys, um, which, like, I think as fans, we like to hear them talk about each other, but it's better when it's more organic and is, like, mm-hmm. offered by them as opposed to, like, yeah. them being constantly asked. And I think that's probably yeah. where these kinds of answers from Liam come from because he probably feels frustrated that he's constantly asked, mm-hmm. like, so do you talk to Harry? Are you guys friends? Right. Like, do, how long has it been since you talked to Niall? Like, it's probably annoying to be, like, what is it? How long has it been since the hiatus? Like, four years or something. Yeah, so, for, like, the last four years, like, you put, you know, your new art out and then you're just constantly asked about, you know, your life four years ago. Like, it's probably extremely frustrating. Yeah, it's so annoying. Um, so I think like, it, get over it. Yeah, so I think it makes sense why, you know, he would say an answer like this. Um, and also, he's also said, had a ton of of interviews where he's talked about, um, you know, really positively about the band and the other boys and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, he's never said anything negative about, about Harry. Um, he actually has always said really positive things. I just think he's expressing, like, you know, we're not best friends, me and Harry, right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> we're, like, living our own separate yeah. lives, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And then he also did an interview where he talked about a bunch of his tattoos. Um, I saw that one. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really loved that one. Um, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. The ones I um, remember was um, his tattoo that says, everything I've wanted, but nothing I'll ever need. Um, he said he actually came up with that. And it was during like a time, I guess, like maybe earlier mid One Direction. Um where, like, basically um, he was feeling like, um, you know, everything I've ever wanted, meaning, like, like money and, po- you know, popularity and all of that, um, but nothing I'll ever need, like, you know, which actually is very opposite of stack it up now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, but I really just enjoyed hearing that he – that that is, his, you know, from his own brain, he wrote that mm-hmm. that sentence. Yeah. Um, it is cool. And then he also had another um, quote in this interview that sparked some controversy, which is a tattoo of a skull, and it says, we are the quiet ones. Um, and he said he actually got that when there was a lot of animosity in the band, and they weren't allowed to speak about it. <gasps> um, <laughs> so he got that tattoo. <laughs> he said He said it was like a a very angsty tattoo um, yeah and again this caused a lot of people to be upset where's the tell all <laughs> where's the tell all yeah um i feel like liam and louis are definitely going to write it because they're the ones that speak the most about yeah the band and like the drama i want it mm-hmm. um but i love this tattoo and um I think it's, like, not surprising that when there was – that there – I mean, A, it's not surprising that there was animosity or stress or drama in the band. Like, mm-hmm. they were a group for many years. They were young. There was a crazy amount of stuff going on. Like, of course, there's going to be conflict and, you know, hard stuff happening. Mm-hmm. And then also not a surprise that they weren't allowed to talk about it because mm-hmm. they were, like, a world-famous pop group. So – there's a lot of stuff that happened that they weren't – we never got statements from them. Um, and I'm sure they weren't allowed to. Like, <clears throat> you know, when stuff happened, like like when the weed video came out, even when Zayn left the band, like I'm sure they were all told, like, that, you know, this is yeah. the party line. This is what you're going to say and this is what you're not yeah. going to say, um, which I think is part of any, um, you know, any, any band or group would have that mm-hmm. kind of in place. Um, so yeah, I think it's really interesting. I love getting stuff like information like this, um, Mm -hmm. because I find it really fascinating and I just like, yeah, really, I'm really curious always about like what went on behind the scenes and stuff. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I don't think it's a reason to be, to like be upset or feel sad. Um, Mm -hmm. like we all know that. Liam particular like loved being in the band and didn't even necessarily want it to be over so you know him saying there was animosity that we weren't allowed to talk about it's like that's kind of like a given yeah I just think of the Zane stuff yeah yeah because when did he get the tattoo I don't know I think it was before that Mm. but actually I don't know it might have been after. We are the quiet ones, it is. Yeah. 
I'd love to pinpoint it. Because <laughs> it definitely yeah. seems like an in-the-moment, like, I'm angsty. Yeah. Let's get it. Well, and that's what he said, too. He kind of made it clear that, like, he got this tattoo when he was, like, having an angsty moment. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that would be really interesting. He got it in – okay, here it is. Oh. Liam got his We Are the Quiet Ones tattoo in New York City during August 2015 oh. before going to London for a charity on the 10th. Um that so was... it was after it was like right around Zane leaving or like yeah. a couple months after, I guess. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Maybe weren't able to talk to it, talk about it. Or it was just like also that's when the band was probably ended. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. When did they announce that they were stopping? I think it was a little bit after that, right? Yeah. Oh, that's so sad, actually, that that that's when he got it. Huh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I'm sure there was, like, loads of stuff they weren't allowed to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine everything that was happening then? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, we definitely need this tell-all book from, from Liam. Um, I feel like it's yeah. probably going to be in, like, 20 years from now. Probably. <laughs> I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> you think we'll still be doing the podcast in 20 years? Oh, my God. I'll be 51. <laughs> oh my gosh. We'll be doing something. I think we'll be doing something. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we'll still be doing a podcast. Will it yeah. be a One Direction podcast? Perhaps. Oh, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, all right. So that's it for Liam. Um, go watch all these interviews. Um because they're just delightful. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, lastly, we're going to talk about um, Louis. So he did um, he did a couple of little interviews, um, and then he did a bigger interview in The Guardian. Um, so the first interview he did... Um, was with this woman called Elizabethany, and it's um, the show is called No Known Lies. Um, and I just took one quote from it because I think it's hilarious. He said, um, one way to spice the interviews up, this is about back in One Direction days, um, just make up some bullshit. It was always more funny if it was about someone's personal life or someone's relationship that wasn't actually in a relationship. The interviewers would walk away with a big smile on their face, thinking they got the big scoop, when actually we'd just been lying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love this. Yeah. Um, I think this is hilarious. And I really want to know, like, who, like, what interviews and, like, who they talked about. I know. They made this up. Because, like, I feel like they didn't usually talk about any people that 1D was, like, dating in real interviews unless the boys had said it yeah like if they were interviews that they actually did with the boys yeah like there were always like like interviews by like the sun but they those weren't necessarily ones with the boys in them you know yeah i wonder that too but he also said like um it was always more funny if it was about someone's personal life or someone's relationship um right so it could have been like a variety of of details like that's so funny it makes you wonder like what things we think about as like canon like one direction stories that they just like totally made up for fun (laughs) not true (laughs) 
yeah. Um, and then, um, so for the Guardian interview, um, the style of the interview is like, um, it's one of those interviews where the person writes kind of like an article and then um, mixes in Louis' quotes to it. Uh, it's not like a question mm-hmm. and answer um, structure. Um, but I pulled a couple of um, paragraphs from it I thought we could talk about. Um, so the first one is, um, and this is the interviewer starting off. Um, why does he think he never went off the rails during the band's heady period? Um, and then Louis says, my mates and my family, really. It's from my upbringing and where I came from. If I went back to Doncaster and I was dripping in Gucci or whatever, I'd probably get whacked. I'm always very conscious of not acting too big for my boots. It's the people around me who keep me sane and normal because they give me insight into real life. Um, He lives with his girlfriend, Eleanor, and his best friend, Ollie. Some celebrities, in pop in particular, only surround themselves with amazingness, and all they see is good, 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 which is lovely, but you don't understand the real world then. I have the luxury of my mates around me, just reminding me how effing good I've got it, really. Aww. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this isn't, like, totally new information. I think we hear this from Louis a lot, mm-hmm. that um, the fact that he's he's kept his um, his people around him that he had before One Direction days have really kept him grounded. Yeah, he seems super proud of that. He really does, and I think he should be, because it only seems like it was a kind of strategic move. Like, mm-hmm. from the beginning, I think he made a real point of, like, I'm going to keep these people as my, like, keep these yeah. these relationships strong. Because um, I think yeah. it would be easy to, like, lose those relationships. Because um, mm-hmm. you're traveling, you're making, like, tons of money at such a young age, like, meeting tons of people, like, famous people. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Everyone wants to be your friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's just one of the things that, that make Louis the kind of person that we like so much. Um, that kind of down-to-earthness he has. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to read the second paragraph? Sure. Um, the day of One Direction's final concert in November 2015, Tomlinson and his bandmate, Niall Horan, sat together, quote, and had a little cry because it was such a journey we had been on. That day in general was so poignant. As much as you try and prepare yourself, it's a whole other thing when it comes end quote because they had worked so much with few days off he assumed that a break would be exciting quote but it wasn't like that when you were used to working however many days it's all that more evident when you're not doing something especially in the first six months end quote he spent his time he spent time in los angeles with his son who was born in 2016 after his relationship with a stylist brianna jungworth quote my life became and I don't mean this to sound derogatory, very normal from being a life of pure craziness. Yeah. Um, So I just included this because um, it's like um, interesting to see how much of an adjustment it was and how Mm -hmm. he says um, that he thought it was going to be exciting to have time off yeah um that's what they kept all saying we need a break mm-hmm. we need a break and then we've heard from all of them like wait 
yeah I'm not doing anything <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah because you were just go 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 for so long um mm-hmm. and also i love that him and niall had a cry together during their final yeah. concert or like after um it's so beautiful i know it's just so sweet um that they like had that that little moment um yeah um but yeah um and then next paragraph um he says after i lost my mom every song i wrote felt not pathetic but that it lacked true meaning to me he says i felt that as a songwriter i wasn't going to move on until i'd written a song like that he knew he needed to get out of him but there was a lot of pressure he felt he should be an experienced songwriter before he attempted it two songwriter two songwriters he worked with played him the chorus it was like the song i always wished i'd written I went in and put my personal touch to the verses. It was a real moment for me in my grief and as part of the creative process because it felt like it was hanging over me. So I just really liked reading this because I think it brings, it kind of brings full circle or like wraps up um, just a lot of the kind of questions we've had about his process as a solo artist. Mm -hmm. Because I think we saw him like putting songs out kind of, you know, random singles here and there um and then he put two of us out and then now he's like putting his album out um and I think last episode we were talking about like um why like why it took him this amount of time to like feel like he could write what he wanted to um and I think this just perfectly explains why that is that yeah he felt like he needed to write this song before he could write other songs and that makes so much sense because it's like if you feel like there's this huge important thing you need to say then it probably feels like everything else you're saying is trivial and stupid yeah um and now that he's kind of said this big thing he can now work on other stuff without feeling like oh this isn't important enough right like just like after having gone through such like intense emotions and like such deep rich emotions mm-hmm. and then trying to write about like things that are like sort of silly and lighthearted. it just like I would understand where you're going like this is stupid this is stupid I can't write about like you know the day-to-day stuff when like I've experienced such intense stuff yeah you know? definitely um yeah, and him him saying that it was a real moment for me in my grief and as a part of the creative process mm-hmm. um, just makes so much sense. And I'm yeah. really glad that he had these two songwriters come in and find a way to to say what he help him say what he wanted to say. Um, mm-hmm. Like that just must have been so important for him. Yeah. Um, so the next quote I'm going to read mentions Felicity. So if you feel like you don't want to hear that, you can just skip a few minutes. Um, but I feel like I want to read it because I don't, I don't want to feel like we like you know shouldn't talk about it or something. I think it's important mm-hmm. to know about, and I think it's important. Um, you know, it's obviously a big thing that happened in Louis's life. So, anyways. <clears throat> um, Earlier this month, an inquest found that his sister Felicity had died of an accidental overdose. She had been taking drugs, including anxiety medication, since the death of their mother. He has been through some terrible times, I say, which must put a perspective on a pop career. Um, Exactly, he says. A little quieter than before. That whole dark side I've gone through. It sounds stupid to say, but it it gives me strength everywhere else in my life. 
because that's the darkest shit that I'm going to have to deal with. So it makes everything else not feel easier and not less important. But in the grand scheme of things, you see things for what they are, I suppose. Um, so I just really liked that quote, him saying the whole dark side I've gone through um, mm-hmm. gives me strength everywhere else in my life. Yeah. Uh, we've seen that from him. <clears throat> um, yeah. In Two of Us, in his performances, um, and in the new um, kind of block of songs he performed a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's just really, it's inspiring and kind of encouraging mm-hmm. um, to hear that. Yeah, it's like he's got just a new perspective where yeah. he just can see things a lot more clearly now. And that's yeah. how he's living his life because nothing can hurt him like he's already been hurt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think it's hard because I think if you look at these the, the the things that like the two losses he had and like the circumstances of like how those occurred like it just feels like how could you even go on um yeah but he's just such the kind of person that it's like there's no other choice like all you can right. do is go on so yeah um do you want to read the next quote sure His fans have been crucial, he says. I'm sure every artist says this, but I do believe it. We've been through some dark times together, and those things I've been through, they carry a weight emotionally on the fans as well. And I've felt their love and support. I I remember really clearly when I lost my mom, that support was mad. Um, Yeah, so again, not nothing new, um, but um, again, him just reiterating his relationship with his fans and how special that is. Um, I think because we like have been with him through these horrible tragedies um, mm-hmm. and like a lot of us have been really, really affected by them as well. Um, mm-hmm. Like I know me and Caitlin were like, ex- like incredibly sad when his mom died and, and when his sister died, like it like definitely affected us like on a personal yeah. level, you know? And I'm sure Louis feels that, that his fans, you know, mm-hmm. have the, that, like, grief with him. Um, and the way he kind of even phrases this, saying, um, we've been through some dark times together. Um, yeah. I just, like, that's just incredible the way that he feels and talks about his fans. Like, mm-hmm. that it's not just, like, I've been through these dark times and they've been watching me. Um, he literally says, we've been through some dark times together. Right. Um, and he says those things I've been through, they carry a weight emotionally on the fans as well. Um, like he really mm-hmm. knows that the the losses he's had have affected us, and and um, yeah, it's just it's like really sweet. Yeah, yeah. And I'm really glad that he has that from his fans, you know, and that he yeah, and he's still like. He just is so thankful to fans every step of the way. Yeah. Like, I just think that's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and it really, like, it it brings another level to it because I think, um, you know, that must be part of why he he feels so much gratitude and is so vocal and about how much he loves his fans because he really feels like we've gone gone through these things with him and and it sounds like Mm – having the fan support 
um, has like been a big part of him being able to to carry on. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> next we have um, what have the experiences of loss he has been through taught him about himself? He thinks for a second. I keep going back to it, but I don't know if it's a combination of where I grew up and my mom's influence, but I just have this luxury of being able to see the glass half full, no matter what. He is the oldest of his mother's seven children, which is grounding and means, he says, there's no time for him to be sat feeling sorry for myself. I've been to rock bottom, and I feel like whatever my career is going to throw in front of me, it's going to be nothing as big or as emotionally heavy as that. So, weirdly, I've turned something that's really dark into something that empowers me, makes me stronger. Um, I love this. Mm-hmm. And I just so get this feeling. <laughs> yeah. um, I feel like that happened to me when um, my like dog died. Um, it's almost been two years now. Um, I've like had a lot of like losses in my life, but this like dog was like, he was like my heart dog and I had him for like 16 years um, and I had been kind of like terrified of him dying for a long time. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I definitely had this feeling after he died of, of like um, not a feeling of nothing can hurt me now, but mm-hmm. kind of that feeling in a way, <laughs> like right. kind of like the worst is has happened now and it's over. Mm-hmm. And it definitely gave me um, a feeling of like, I don't know, I just was able to then, like, do things that I, like, wouldn't have done before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I feel like that's exactly what Louis saying. Yeah. Like, no matter how many people, like, say anything bad about his career mm-hmm. or his voice or his, like, songs, like, it doesn't really matter. Like, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then, do you want to read the last paragraph? Sure. Tomlinson says he's embarrassed to admit that when he first went solo, he would have been devastated had his album only reached number three. So So used is he to everything he did with One Direction going to the top. It is hard not to measure himself against his former bandmates. Oh, naturally, he says. I'd be lying if I said I didn't. I've never been competitive like that, but naturally you think, if they're getting this, then I deserve that. I think the longer time goes on, I can see it for what it is and just be proud of them. And success means something else to him now. It means I'm happy with what I'm doing. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Um... Yeah, I think this is interesting, too, because he hasn't actually talked about this that much. I think he's talked Mm -hmm. a lot about how in the beginning he was writing songs thinking he had to kind of get on radio. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't think we've heard him talk a lot about um, the fact that he would have been devastated if he didn't, you know, achieve, like, that number one spot. Yeah. Um, And just, like, the comparison to the other members. Um, So I think that's really interesting to hear. Um, and, um, like most things Louis says, I feel like I, it like resonates with me a lot. Um, and, um, 
I like that he says, um, the longer it goes on, I can see it for what it is and just be proud of them. Um, mm-hmm. And that he's kind of changed his idea of what success means for him. Um, yeah. He's happy with what he's doing. It makes me think about how much jealousy may have played a role in One Direction. Yeah. Like, and what tensions were going through the band all the time. Because, like, mm-hmm. obviously there was different favorites and stuff. But right. we just, it was kind of just painted like, oh, we're all best friends. But, like, yeah. that wasn't really necessarily the case. There could have been a lot of, like, jealousy and hurt feelings. And yeah. even if it wasn't anyone's fault, mm-hmm. like, it's just natural. Yeah, it is. And like, yeah, I'm sure sure there was a lot of those feelings. And like, I think it's so hard when you um, are in a relationship or situation where like there's someone that you like love deeply, but they're like having Mm -hmm. success that you aren't. Um, And it's hard to kind of not feel jealous and it can be hard to feel happy for those people when like, you aren't getting what you want or like you feel like they're doing better than you yeah um yeah that must have been really hard to navigate it makes me think of um Mm -hmm. the little so there's this little mix um there's this documentary about um jesse is it nielsen or nelson Mm, nelson i guess nelson um she's a member of the band little mix and there's a like documentary out about her um experience in the band especially in the beginning and how she faced like a huge amount of bullying and um had like really really intense mental health stuff because of it um and like I watched a couple of clips from it I haven't actually watched the whole thing I don't actually know if it's out yet I haven't been able to bring myself to sit down and watch it because I know I'm gonna just like I think it is out already because it premiered on tv okay have you watched any of it no i haven't but i've seen like bits and pieces like on twitter and stuff yeah um i really want to watch it but i haven't yet because i know it's gonna like break my heart and make me cry a lot um yeah (laughs) but there's i've heard it was amazing yeah i think it's super important um to be out there and there's a couple of clips that i'm not sure if they were from the actual documentary if like fans put them together um but just of of the other girls in the band as well. So there was this kind of um, – the situation was like there's this group of four girls and Jesse is um, like being bullied to the point of, you know, feeling suicidal and um, wants to like hide and, you know, not, not – you know, she's having like the worst time of her life. And then the three other girls mm-hmm. in the band are having the best time of their life. Mm-hmm. Um and, like, how hard that must have been, like, for all of them and, like, um, just all of those intricacies of, like, how that must be when, like, there's some people who are, like, enjoying it the most and then other people yeah. are having the worst time. And it makes you think of, like, One Direction and, like, Zane. Yeah. Um, and I think there's this, like, this, like, argument or, like, fight between fans of, like, Zane saying all of this negative stuff about the band and then the other boy is saying all this positive stuff. And then I think the fans will be like, well, who's lying? <laughs> um, right. But, like, watching these, like, clips of, you know, Jesse, like, that is exactly the same situation. Like, they yeah. all love each other. One of them is, like, literally having the worst time of her life. And the others are having the best time of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it like doesn't it's like those things can be can both be true um yeah so it just makes you think of the parallels um to one direction and like how that must have been for everyone and like yeah complicated yeah yep we never know what's going on and each of them can be doing and feeling different things and you just really can't tell from the outside as much as we think we can or we see some stuff and we figured it out we really haven't yeah yeah um so I think that's it for today um I totally did not mean to end the episode on such a heavy note that was unintentional (laughs) um but here we are um I hope you don't mind the the um mishmashness of this episode um but let us know what you think about all of this stuff that we talked about um so I mentioned my recommendation a little earlier and it is a podcast called bad with money with gabby dunn i've only listened to the first season i just finished the first season so i don't know what the <clears throat> second and third seasons are like but the first season oh my god it is like a must listen like if you are especially if you're queer or a woman you need to listen to this podcast it's so important um it's basically Gabby's kind of journey um, about learning about money um, and kind of breaking down her own um, like money, like mindsets and like history and all of that. Um, But every episode is just like mind blowing and um, emotional. And it's just like, that's so funny that it can be so emotional and mind blowing when it's like, oh my God, I know you don't think about it. Like you think, but it's like money is so emotional for so many people. Yeah. Um, there's like so much tied up in it. Um, and that sounds really interesting. Yeah, it's so good. Like it's like seriously must must listen um, <laughs> podcast. So that's my recommendation. Um, what do you have, Caitlin? Um, hmm. I am trying to think of one. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like oh this is what I was gonna recommend um I've recommended it before but whatever it's okay um just because uh I really like re-wearing clothes and getting secondhand clothes and stuff I just want to re-recommend the apps Poshmark, Depop, uh, Etsy to people um especially Depop and Poshmark do you, use you can those? just get yeah i do i don't sell anything but i buy stuff um you can just get like um secondhand clothes which is like good for the environment um good for like sustainability stuff also good for your wallet um it's just such a cool way to buy clothes and it's like small businesses helping to people too because it's all like people selling their own stuff um and if you have like a pair of jeans that you really like and you want them in like another color and you're like, I can never find jeans that fit except this one pair that I own, then like look up that pair that you own um, and get it. Or like if you go to a vintage shop and find a pair of jeans that you love, but they're like marking it up at like $80, go look online to see if you can find it cheaper um, from like a resale uh, app or whatever. I just um, am really enthusiastic about that. So definitely I recommend. Cool. 
And like maybe not everything will be a hit because sometimes you get something that's the wrong size or whatever. You can return them often. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the shipping's like doesn't like make it worth it. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times you do have hits, so I highly recommend. You check that out. I'm trying to mm-hmm. use less um, fast fashion brands. Yeah. Um, I got into kind of a a thing where I was like buying a lot of stuff from like Forever Twenty One. Um, yeah. But I'm kind of trying not to do that anymore because they're not, like, great companies to support. Um, yeah. But it can be hard thrift shopping um, just because it takes a lot of time. <laughs> um, but, yeah. But uh, I want to, like, start doing that a little bit more. Um, I haven't had mm-hmm. to do clothes shopping in a while, but now that it's um, winter is coming in Portland, it's, like, getting colder. And I'm like, oh, I mm-hmm. don't have clothes for this weather because I've lived in California my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to like do some clothes shopping but uh yeah. not spend a lot of money so I will check these out yeah yeah and and for Poshmark at least like the things that you're thinking of like there's like a little heart button mm-hmm. like it and a lot of the times you'll get an email notification like within a day that gives you a discount because they're trying to like they saw that you liked it and they will they'll give you like cheaper shipping or like 15% off so sometimes it like is it pays off to just like like things and then hold out and not buy right away That's such a good tip. that gives you also more time to think about it yeah awesome yeah um all right um please feel free to send us any news stories or anything one direction related you would like to hear us talk about on future episodes um and let us know what you thought about today's episode Um, Thank you for listening to episode 191 of Talk Direction. You can follow us on Twitter at talk underscore direction. Email us at talkdirection at gmail.com. Find us on Tumblr at talkdirection.tumblr.com or on Instagram at talkdirection. And you can follow us individually. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Lucia O spelled L-U-C-C-I-A-O-H. And Caitlin, where can they find you? I am Caitlin I.R. Foster. Caitlin is spelled C-A-I-T-L-I-N on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, make sure and check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash talkdirection, where on Talk Direction Download today, we're going to be doing our fanfic book club episode. And we're actually doing um, a new thing with that where we're reading a really long fic. Um, so last fanfic book club episode we talked about chapters one and two and today we're gonna be talking about chapters three and four um so that's been really fun to kind of drag it out um and these are always like really fun episodes to do so if you're interested in that go to patreon.com slash talk direction um you can rate and review and subscribe to this podcast on itunes uh, and on soundcloud i'm lucia And I'm Caitlin. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time for episode 192. Bye. Bye.